Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you all had a very happy holiday season. If I'm talking a bit fast, you can thank Bang Energy for that. I picked up their strawberry flavored one and it is just delightful. I think it was so crazy that it was 80 degrees on Christmas Eve here in Texas and then 19 degrees on New Year's Day. But like they say, if you don't like the weather in Texas, wait five minutes and it'll change. Speaking of change, do you have a resolution? I think my goals have stayed the same. I'm continuously slightly tweaking them, but I think this year my resolution is to not fail. Alec and I talked about this a bit earlier this morning and I was like, dude, I don't have another disappointment left in me. I can't disappoint myself again. You know, I have a severe fear of failure now. I'm 28 years old. Like failure is no longer an option. I can't keep breaking promises to myself. And with that, welcome to the first episode of 2022 of A Slut With Morals. Like last year's first episode, I'm going to talk about the things that happened in the year prior that most of us remember and talk about things that some of us didn't even know happened. Who died? What natural disasters happened? New variants? True crime cases? If you're new here, you know this podcast is a little bit of everything, but if you want a bit more weird in your life, you can head to Down the Rabbit Hole with Ruby, where the first season is all of the creepy urban legends in each state of the USA. Now, y'all know I read just about every message you guys send me, and I am now aware that you all want episodes that aren't as long, because some of you listen to me on your way to work, others on your lunch break, and I just want to say thank you for including me in your daily lives. I do want to say if this episode is too long, it may be a two-parter for that reason. I will release this episode today and the next, either the day after, the next day or the day after. So I do want to shout out a few of you that have given me some great ideas for the next few episodes and for season four. Also, I am always taking suggestions because y'all already know I love to get lost in research. So what happened in 2021? While I usually don't talk politics, a lot of the things that happened and disgruntled the people in 2021 was political issues, right? So let's get started. On January 6th, a mob of pro-Trump demonstrators stormed the U.S. Capitol in an effort to stop lawmakers from certifying the results of the 2020 presidential election. Five people died in the chaos, either shortly before, during, or following the event, including a Capitol police officer. Accused of inciting his supporters to riot, Trump became the first president to be impeached and acquitted twice. Biden was inaugurated on January 20th as the 46th president of the United States. Kamala Harris became the nation's first female Black and South Asian vice president. In March, he signed into law a $1.9 trillion economic relief package designed to support workers, families, small businesses, and schools struggling to recover from the pandemic's impact, which I was super grateful for. Podcasting doesn't make much money unless you're everywhere. And let's be honest, it's hard to be everywhere. So do me a favor, please like, share, tag, leave a review, and rate the podcast. It helps so much with getting new listeners and possible future sponsorships. In April, President Biden announced a plan for the full withdrawal of U.S. troops from Afghanistan by September 11th, the 20th anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. As the withdrawal proceeded, the Taliban took advantage of a crumbling Afghan government to seize control of much of the country. After a chaotic final stretch in which some 120,000 people were evacuated to safety, the last U.S. military forces left Afghanistan on August 30th, ending the nearly 20-year-long conflict that resulted in the deaths of over 2,500 U.S. service members and more than 100,000 Afghans, including civilians. 
In July, gunmen masquerading as USDA agents burst into the home of President Jovenel Moyes of Haiti, killing him instantly. Barely a month later, a 7.2 magnitude earthquake hit southwestern Haiti, followed by flash floods, leaving more than 2,200 people dead and injured or displacing thousands more in a nation already suffering from widespread poverty and hunger. In September, after tens of thousands of Haitian refugees gathered at the U.S.-Mexican border, the U.S. government drew criticism for its response, including border agents rounding migrants up on horseback and mass deportations back to Haiti. In June, President Biden signed legislation officially establishing June 19th as Juneteenth National Independence Day. A little late, if you ask me. A federal holiday commemorating the end of slavery in the United States. The new holiday marks the anniversary of the date in 1865 when Union General Gordon Granger announced the end of slavery in Galveston, Texas, under the Emancipation Proclamation of 1863. In the Super Bowl in Tampa on February 7th, the Buccaneers beat the Chiefs 31-9, the first time a team has won the game in its home stadium. Tampa Bay quarterback Tom Brady earned his fifth Super Bowl Most Valuable Player Award and seventh Super Bowl ring, both records. Two mass shootings within a week of each other in March at three spas in the Atlanta area on March 16, 2021, and a grocery store in Boulder, Colorado on March 22, 2021, proved a devastating reminder of the ongoing scourge of gun violence in the U.S. Of the eight people killed in Atlanta, six were Asian women, feeling outrage and fear over the increase of anti-Asian violence during the pandemic. Yeah, a lot of you went full racist. In the early mornings of July 8, 2021, the 12-story Champlin Towers South Condominium Building in Surfside, Florida, partially collapsed. 98 people were killed in the incident, which was attributed to structural damage in the concrete building that had first been reported several years earlier. Mm. In February of 2021, storms bringing snow, sleet, and freezing rain combined with frigid temperatures to wreak havoc in Texas and all across the Midwest caused road closures, widespread power outages, and loss of heat, electricity, and water for millions of Texans. The death toll from the winter storms was later tallied at more than 265 people, and experts predicted it would become the costliest weather-related disaster in the state's history. And it did. I lived through this, and it was horrible. We had no running water for six days and no power for eight days. The water bottles we did have were frozen solid. The 100-car pileup on 35 was horrendous, and it took days to clear out. Back to the events. Making landfall as a Category 4 hurricane with 150-mile-per-hour winds on August 29th, Hurricane Ida claimed the lives of more than 30 people in Louisiana, Alabama, and Mississippi, becoming the most damaging storm to hit the region after 2005's Hurricane Katrina. After weakening to a tropical depression, Ida wrecked unexpected havoc in, north, in the Northeast, killing at least 60 people in, the six states, in six states and causing widespread flooding of streets, neighborhoods, houses, and even New York City's subway system. In April, former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was found guilty of second-degree unintentional murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter in the death of George Floyd, which sparked protests against systematic racism and police violence in more than 2,000 U.S. cities and 60 countries around the globe in 2020. In another trial related to Black Lives Matter protests, teenager Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted of all charges after claiming self-defense in the killing of two people and wounding of another during the unrest following the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Finally, a jury in Georgia convicted three white defendants of murdering Amud Arbery, a young black man whom they confronted while he was jogging through their neighborhood. 
as with Floyd and Blake, Arbery's killing and the slowness of local law enforcement to make arrests had fueled anger and outrage among protesters, condemning racial injustice and demanding change. Two men were exonerated of the Malcolm X killing. In November, a New York judge granted the motion to vacate the convictions of Muhammad Ayaziz and the late Khalil Islam for the 1965 assassination of, of black nationalist and religious leader Malcolm X. The two men's exoneration, more than 50 years after they were convicted, came after an investigation found that crucial evidence pointing to their innocence, including FBI and New York Police Department documents, had been withheld at the time of their trial. Verdicts in Me Too Cases After decades of allegations of sexual abuse of women and underage girls, R&B singer R. Kelly was convicted by a jury in New York of federal racketeering and sex trafficking charges in September. He faces a possible life sentence, and meanwhile, in a blow to supporters of sexual assault victims and the meat and the hashtag MeToo movement, a Pennsylvania court threw out the conviction of Bill Cosby and released him from prison after ruling that his due process rights had been violated. Just goes to show that, I mean, you could do some of the worst things, and if you're famous enough, they'll just put you out on the street. I mean, honestly, when it comes to sexual convictions, just take a look, okay? Just take a look at how many sex offenders live in your area. Another hashtag made headlines this year. In November, fans and activists in the free in the hashtag Free Britney movement celebrated the decision of a Los Angeles judge to end the 13-year conservatorship controlling the personal and professional life of pop star Britney Spears. Begun in 2008 when the singer was struggling with mental health issues and a custody battle over her children, the conservatorship had been controlled for much of that time by her father. At a court hearing over the summer, Spears spoke publicly about the conservatorship for the first time and called for it to be terminated. And it was. Although launched in late July 2020, the NASA rover Perseverance spent months traveling through space, covering some 292.5 million miles before touching down on Mars on February 18, 2021. As the space agency's most sophisticated rover yet, Perseverance spent the rest of the year exploring Jezero Crater, the site of an ancient lake, collecting rock and soil samples for possible return to Earth and probing for evidence of whether life ever existed on the planet. And if you're a conspiracy theorist like myself, you know it did. And it probably still does. <laughs> Amid ongoing concerns about its struggles to adequately protect data and limit hate speech, misinformation, and other disputable content, the world's largest social media network confronted flood, a flood of issues this year beginning with the Capitol insurrection and its subsequent decision to indefinitely suspend then-President Trump. Troves of documents later leaked by former Facebook employee-turned-whistleblower Francis Hogan revealed more damaging information about the impact of the company's platform on young users' mental health. Finally, Facebook announced that it was rebranding itself as Meta to reflect a focus on the, on the metaverse a virtual reality space where users interact with each other amid a computer-generated environment. This reminds me of that one movie. I think it's called Player One Ready or Ready Player One. I can't remember, but it's pretty much that. I mean, if you really think about it, that's kind of where we're headed to, right? We're all reclusive. Nobody wants to go out because of the pandemic. Why not hang out with your friends via virtual reality? Makes sense, right? Ugh. Not only that, but I mean, like, Trump was kicked off Twitter permanently because of this, right? I, I think I have something else about this later on. But 
when the whole whistleblower thing happened, it kind of happened at the same time that Facebook and Instagram went down for like six hours. Do you guys remember that? Like everyone was using Twitter for the first time. Everyone was like, this is so nice. There are so many tits and buttholes in my face right now. Like I don't even need to look at Pornhub. This is crazy. Among the notable people we lost in 2021 was Colin Powell, the celebrated military leader who became the nation's first black secretary of state. He died in October of complications from COVID while suffering from multiple myeloma as well as Parkinson's disease. Baseball Hall of Famer Hank Aaron, who broke Babe Ruth's home run record in 1974 and whose own record of 70, 755 home runs stood until 2007, died in January. Prince Philip, who was husband to Queen Elizabeth II, died in April at the age of 99. This year also saw the loss of longtime TV and radio host Larry King and the talk radio star and conservative media hero Rush Limbaugh, who also passed away in 2021. And let's not forget... America tragically lost Betty White on December 31st, 2021, New Year's Eve, at the ripe young age of 99. We were supposed to protect her. We fucked up. Daft Punk broke up. I know. And they never revealed their faces to us. Fuckers. In a still ongoing battle of finance bros, Redditors wanting to get their bag ended up saving GameStop from being the next blockbuster by buying up all its stock that other investors had bet against. As a result, they threw the stock market into chaos and became enemy number one of corporate hedge funds. Jeff Bezos stepped down as Amazon CEO. The Suez Canal was plugged up by that container. Yeah, y'all forgot about that too, right? Not just me. Yeah, the OG of 2021 supply chain issues in March was the massive ever given cargo ship. It basically face planted in the middle of one of the globe's most essential trade routes. Then, just refused to move. She brought that kind of chaos energy many of us stuck in lockdown could relate to, you know, like, which led to a boatload, get it, of memes ranging from hashtag mood to the yas, thick queen, and even the blatantly horny variety. Let's, I mean, we're all horny, right? That's why we're here. I think we're all just kind of, just want to fuck. The U.S. government was basically like, Okay, you got us. We do have a secret UFO task force. Call them Tic Tacs or UAPs all you want to, Pentagon. We all know you mean UFOs. Sure, this slow drip of government disclosure started all the way back in 2019, but 2021 saw a bona fide government report on them released to the public. While military officials took to cable news to talk about a million-dollar secret project investigating unexplained aerial phenomenon as a national security threat. The official report never said it was aliens, but it also didn't say it wasn't aliens. So, but yeah, it's, they, they never say it's aliens. Like, come on though, right? Like, come on, come on. Chrissy Teigen quit Twitter for her mental health, quote unquote, came back, then was accused of serious online bullying herself. I remember this. I was like, yeah, fuck you. But, I mean, not even Chrissy Teigen has escaped the crosshairs of post-pandemic celebrity culture backlash. In late March, the model and cooking influencer, cooking influencer, really, ugh, very publicly announced her departure from social media due to what she described as online harassment and bullying following the Jeffrey Epstein case, only to come right back approximately five minutes later. Shortly after, many spoke out with allegations against Tegan cruelly bullying them in the past, 
Particularly, a young teen follower, Tegan reportedly tweeted a decade ago with joking suggestions to end their own life. I have my own thoughts about Teabag here, but she should have been canceled a long, long time ago when she was calling little kids sexy. Like, you're gross and pedo-ish. But so, I mean, like the moral of the story here is A, none of us should be online and B, never talk to a human being like that, online or offline. And then finally, the theaters opened up, right? So we all rushed back to in real life theaters for Godzilla versus Kong, which was released in spring right around the time when vaccines started becoming widely available in the U.S. Godzilla versus Kong broke a bunch of pandemic box office records. A flat earth conspiracy theory was indeed at the core of its plot. Spoiler alert, I guess. Kim and Kanye announced their divorce, and we're sure that this announcement and its timing only just so happened to coincide with the fact that Keeping Up with the Kardashians finished its final season. People are dying, Kimberly. You'll have to fight your siblings off camera now like the rest of us, okay? Just look away as if there is an actual camera pan to you. Like, just look at the camera like we all do and pretend there's a camera there, you know? Just pretend. Just imagination, like Spongebob says. Conservatives unfortunately dragged Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head into the culture wars against their will. While actually, while actual important world events took place, conservative media like Fox News and its ilk turned these two non-stories into full-blown battles for the heart of America. Okay, and we all know this, right? Like, the media makes this dumb, tiny thing into this huge thing to make the rest of, like, everything else that's going on seem irrelevant and then this is like the dumbest they come up with the dumbest shit first toy maker hasbro was in the crosshairs for daring to launch a gender a gender i'm sorry a gender neutral version of mr and mrs potato head a gender a gender neutral version like they don't even have genitals what the fuck is happening to us Well, then the culture, the cancel culture war spun a whole victim narrative around Dr. Seuss's estate after it decided of its own accord to stop selling six books with racist and insensitive images. Hilariously, conservative outrage only profited the people they were mad at since the spike in Dr. Seuss's book sales lined the pockets of his estate. Again, some of you aren't doing it what you think you're doing. It's like when you look at a chubby girl and she's wearing a crop top and you say to her, oh my God, I wish I had the confidence that you have to be able to wear something like that. Like, shut the fuck up. You did not do anything there. You actually just probably made that girl more insecure. Like, go fuck off. HBO Max released a Sex and the City sequel called And Just Like That which does not feature Kim Cattrall, our one and only favorite character. Come on. I'm not the only one that really found Samantha as her spirit animal. Did I? Also, the guy that plays Stanley on Sex and the City, Willie Garson, died. And Chris Noth, who played Big, a.k.a. Carrie's husband, was fired from the show due to sexual allegations against him. (sighs) I mean, once again, sexual allegations, right? Like, how how many of those in the music industry, like, had to quit the band or left the band because of this shit. You know what I mean? Like, anyway, speaking of musicians, over 966 
musicians died in 2021 and so that's too many so I can't I can't like continue on that so but Allison Mack from CW Smallville she was um the blonde girl I think her name was like Chloe or Zoe or something like that she was sentenced to three years in prison for her part in the NXIBM sex cult and at least some justice was served in 2021 and I didn't know this but apparently America started running out of water Yeah, after one of the hottest summers on record since 1936 Dust Bowl, a water shortage was declared in August that has the potential to impact millions. Arizonians dealing with unbearable heat waves were then given mandates to cut back due to the water crisis, which cost the state 20% of its water supply. Joe Rogan got COVID and boasted about taking Ivermectin. Ivermectin? I can't pronounce it. Which... This medicine, if you didn't know, is an anti-parasite. It can treat infections caused by roundworms, threadworms, and other parasites. Um, but the most popular podcaster on Earth spent a lot of the pandemic flirting with dangerous misinformation about COVID and the vaccines. Then he fucked around and found, found out he had COVID. Mm. Prince Andrew was hit with a U.S. lawsuit for sexual abuse of a minor. Somehow, he faced less backlash and received more support from the Queen than Meghan or Prince Harry did after their Oprah interview. Hmm. Gabby Petito was allegedly murdered by her fiancé, Brian Laundrie, during a countrywide road trip. Remember, I have to say allegedly here. Laundrie's body was found and death was ruled as an alleged suicide. And the case is still ongoing, believe it or not. Last thing I read about this... The case was that the FBI wanted Laundrie's parents to hand over his notebook slash journal. And this case sent thousands of people over the edge because at the same time, Canada was also finding hundreds of bones of indigenous children under the reservation schools. I know it sent me into a tizzy and I knew this kid was going to be found and ruled as an alleged suicide. This was honestly nothing new, like I called it. We see it all the time, right? But what sent me into my tizzy was that Here was one woman that went missing and the whole nation was looking for this one man. But there are over 5,000 indigenous people missing from all over North America. 5,000. And everyone loses their minds over one man and a woman. Not to mention, you guys, there there were over nine people that died the same way Petito died in the same region. So my theory is either Laundrie had an alleged mental breakdown or there was really someone else out there on a killing spree, Laundry probably witnessed something and ran for his life. But because of how they essentially persecuted him from the very beginning, he knew he would never be able to live a normal life. It's fucked and it's sad. It's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And we think everyone is guilty until proven innocent. I'm guilty of that myself. But in 2021, South Dakota and Oklahoma moved to create offices to address missing indigenous people. Kansas passed a law paving the way for relevant police training, and Washington State's Attorney General announced that he will lead a task force. They have two goals here, to address the scope of the problem and make recommendations for how to remedy it. They tend to to consist primarily of lawmakers, tribal representatives, law enforcement officials, and advocates and service providers for indigenous women and girls. In February of 2021, Seven people tested positive for the H5N8 bird flu at a poultry farm in southern Russia, becoming the first known human cases. 
On April 13th, Japan's government approves the dumping of radioactive water of the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant into the Pacific Ocean over the course of 30 years, with full support of the International Atomic Energy Agency. This decision is opposed by China, South Korea, and Taiwan. Then, on April 15th, scientists announced that they successfully injected human stem cells into the embryos of monkeys, creating chimera embryos. Yeah. On November 30th, Barbados becomes a republic on its 55th anniversary of independence while remaining a member of the Commonwealth of Nations. More weather stuff because I find weather fucking fascinating. A powerful January storm brought a billion dollars worth of damage to California before making headlines coast to coast. This particular atmospheric river blasted as much as 16 inches of rain and 100 mile per hour winds through the middle of the state. Mudslides and flood water covered major highways. The Big Sur River overtopped its banks. Debris flowed unchecked through areas recently scarred by wildfires. Higher in the Sierra Nevadas, roads were buried beneath up to nine feet of snow. In the spring, the three supercells that attacked Alabama and Georgia in late March were notable for their power and endurance. All three spun out tornadoes and lasted several hours. One cell traveled more than 400 miles through four states. On July 14th, the largest, most destructive wildfire of the year began on the west coast, about 100 miles north of Sacramento, California. The monstrous Dixie Fire was exactly what the fire experts had feared after the historically horrible 2020 wildfire season. In the extreme June heat, it would become California's second largest fire ever, burning nearly 1 million acres in the Lassen National Forest and destroying in the town of Greenville before it was finally doused in late October. On November 14th, 11 twisters touched down in New York, Rhode Island, and Connecticut. The four that landed in Connecticut were the only November tornadoes ever recorded in the state. The instability that produced them came from a strong cold front meeting Atlantic waters that were as much as six degrees warmer than normal. A few weeks later, on December 11th, amid record setting warmth, an even later larger and more violent outbreak of tornadoes roared through nine states. The twisters sheared houses off their foundations. Collapsed huge commercial buildings and tossed train cars through the air. More than 88 people were killed, making it to the country's deadliest December tornado outbreak ever. One extremely supercell produced a colossal tornado or series of tornadoes that chewed a 250 mile path of destruction from eastern Arkansas into Kentucky. It tossed debris more than 30,000 feet in the air, and some items from damaged homes were reported. Found more than 100 miles away. In mid November, some of the same areas of the Pacific Northwest that sweltered through heat and fires in summer had been doused by rain in October. They were walloped by the same intense atmospheric river of the season. Flooding was extensive on both sides of the Canadian border. Then, early December, a blizzard hit Hawaii. Snow isn't unusual on the big island peaks of Mauna Loa and Mauna Kea, but an actual blizzard is. And that is what arrived in a stronger than usual Kona storm over the first weekend of the month. Post storm images showed the mountain summits capped in snow, and the lower elevations got more than a foot of rain. Honolulu, Honolulu had its wettest December day on record. While scientists say man made warming isn't the cause of most extreme weather events, they agree it is making many of them more frequent and intense. 
heat waves are hotter, downpours are heavier, fires spread more quickly. Generally, more energy is available to storms, increasing atmospheric chaos and portending a turbulent future. And as of December 9th, 46 volcanoes around the world are still erupting. An eruption marked as continuing does not always mean persistent daily activity, but indicates at least intermittent eruptive events without a break of three months or more. Detailed statistics. Stis- oh my god, I got mush mouth. Detailed statistics. Lord, I'm going to try that one more time. Detailed statistics. Yes. Are not kept on daily activity, but generally there are around 20 volcanoes actively erupting on any particular day. This is a subset of the normal 40 to 50 with continuing eruptions. So that's pretty normal. La Palma, Spain was one we heard about the most. It erupted on September 29th, 2021. And the reason this was so focused on was because if the lava that has poured into the ocean breaks off the island, that will send a tsunami large enough to reach the east coast of the United States. And that's scary. LOL. What are the good things that happened this year? Right? Like, I just listed like a whole bunch of bad shit. But what are the good things that happened this year? Well, Ghislaine Maxwell, former socialite and Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend, was found guilty on five out of six counts of child sex trafficking. In January, Ed Harmon, age 72, a Vietnam veteran in Maine, gave back to other veterans who were struggling with homelessness amid the ongoing pandemic. He built temporary housing for homeless veterans. Harmon, a service officer with the American Legion Post in Booth Bay, Maine, retrofits trailers into living spaces through a project he calls the Veterans Emergency Temporary Shelter, or VETS. The housing units are one-room living spaces equipped with a bed, microwave, and refrigerator and provide safe and secure housing for veterans for a couple of days to a couple of weeks or even longer if necessary. I found the website and I will be adding the link to the description below as well as adding it to my link tree. So if you have a little to spare, give a little to share. Although it's only local domain, this is something I want to see become nationwide. A father whose son has autism collaborated on comic on a comic book series to help his son better understand the world. While growing up in Brooklyn, Led Bradshaw said his peers talked about becoming firefighters, police officers, and astronauts, but he just wanted to draw cartoons. As fate would have it, he would do just that once his son Jake was diagnosed with autism. That's where art therapy came into the picture. His research taught him that autistic children can learn to communicate and understand their emotions through art therapy exercises. Jet Pulse Comics takes place in a Jet Pulse universe and follows the adventures of Jake Jetpulse, a young boy drawn in the likeness of Jake Bradshaw, who uses autism as his superpower. The Jetpulse universe is entirely Jake's imagination, so the wonderful thing about the story is that it all comes from him. Fuck. <laughs> that one made me tear up. <clears throat> Moving on. A human mind was wirelessly connected to a computer. You heard that right. In March 2021, researchers at Brown University successfully transmitted brain signals wirelessly to a computer for the first time. The move is a breakthrough for paralyzed people, as the removal of cumbersome wires takes this tech one step closer to being available for home use. 
Participants in these studies can use this technology in their homes rather than in a lab setting. China eliminated malaria. Donald Trump was banned from Twitter. Dutch bee hotels helped bee populations remain stable. I love this story. More than 11,000 people counted bees as part of the Netherlands National Bee Census in 2021. And what they discovered was encouraging as, as urban bee populations were found to have remained steady over the past few years. It is believed that a number of initiatives from hollowed out plant stems that act as bee hotels to a ban on chemical weed killers are helping the bees thrive. I guess you could call that a air B&B. <laughs> I am so sorry. That was funnier in my head. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Analysts built software that revolutionized the fight against child sexual abuse. The team at the Internet Watch Foundation in Cambridgeshire have a tireless job. They spend hours trawling through child sexual abuse images and categorizing them to help countries crack down on offenders. This year, the team rebuilt their hashtag software so that the data shared with law enforcement agencies across the world is relevant to their localites, meaning they can prioritize, prioritize the most serious images, more easily remove and block the content, and bring offenders to justice. The world's first 3D printed school in Malawi opened its 3D printed doors this July. It is hoped that similar initiatives will help to combat the classroom shortfall in the country, as well as the rest of Africa, enabling children to travel shorter distances to school and work in better conditions. Women and children sang and danced in front of the new school to celebrate its, its opening. Uber drivers were granted workers' rights in the UK in February when a landmark decision by the UK Supreme Court saw Uber drivers' workers' rights entrenched, ruling that the Uber drivers are workers and not self-employed open the doors for minimum wage and holiday pay. United flew the first passenger aircraft with 100% sustainable fuel, and the fuel is said to burn up to 75% cleaner than petroleum-based fuels. And while there is some debate about greenwashing surrounding the event, it was nonetheless a vital moment for the aviation industry. The Oscars had their most diverse year ever, which is really great. I mean, I think it was like, a few years ago that it was like, oh, it's super white. Like everyone that got nominated was white. Everyone that won was white. You know, like that, that's a win. Electric vehicles outsold diesel for the first time in, year, in Europe. The surge is believed to be driven by a fall in prices, a wider range of vehicles, patrol shortages, and a rise in the number of charging spots available. Renewable energy had a record year. When it comes to climate crisis, the world needs any bit of good news it can get. And in December, the International Energy Agency revealed that 2021 was renewable energy's biggest year ever, with roughly 290 GW of renewable energy generation installed globally, aka loads of lovely wind turbines and solar panels, despite the pandemic and the rising cost of raw materials. You know, I actually love this because... I actually like seeing the wind turbines. Like, I don't mind those when people are like, oh, it's such an eyesore. No, it's not. They're fucking cool. You know, maybe it's just me. Mm, I don't know. I'm weird. But we embrace our weird here, huh? The world agreed to tax its richest corporations. Yes, billionaires are still a thing. Yes, they garner far too much attention and keep dodging tax bills that could help solve the planet's many problems. 
but their corporations will have fewer places to stash tax-free cash now that a global minimum corporate tax of 15% has been established. I love this next one so much. I love this so much for us. A record number of workers took their job and shoved it. I love this for us. I love this so much. It was dubbed the Great Resignation, but that barely reveals what's really going on. August set a new record with 4.3 U.S. workers shocking their jobs. Then September blasted right through it with 4.4 million. We saw it on social media. We saw it we saw it in the number of job openings, 7 million at last count, right? That far outstripped the number of unemployed. This pandemic, like past ones, has put workers in the driver's seat. What that means inevitably is that wages are going up. While the result, while the resulting inflation isn't as bad as feared, unions are starting to claw back the ground they lost since their high watermark in the mid-20th century. Outrageous C-suite pay rises are leading to strikes, which generally led to wins for employees. Managers everywhere have to be nice now. At last. And honestly, you have way more power to change the circumstances of your employment than you might think. Like I said in the last episode, quit the job, get the one you really want. Endangered animals are coming back. As of 2021, pandas are off the endangered list. In Africa, a vast rainforest preserve full of endangered species itself dropped off a UN list of threatened sites. Enforcing fishing quotas means the future looks bright for endangered species of Atlantic tuna. Bison and wolves are back in Europe. Butterfly populations in California and New York are exploding. Salmon is spawning in the Columbia River again. And while coral reefs around the world are crucial to so much life, are still in trouble from warming oceans. Many more of them became protected waters in 2021. Meanwhile, the work known as coral IVF, taking eggs from prodigious areas of the reef, finding them where they're most needed, just produced its first successful batch of coral babies. Yay! Coal is capping out. 44 nations are committed to ending its use altogether, and the G7 vowed not to fund it anymore. Only 36 countries have any plans to build new coal plants, and most of them are one-offs that can't even raise the cash. Y'all, snaps for these kids out here. You know, these kids are actually making a difference. The earth is winning in court, you know? The legal victories for the environment this year would be enough to make a 1970s Earth Day hippie wonder what they were smoking. A Canadian river became a legal person. I know, with all the rights that implies. A group of schoolgirls in Ecuador shut down gas flaring in their region. High school students in Australia may have doomed the coal-loving government's plans for new plants. An Indonesian court forced the country's president to tighten air quality regulations. A Dutch court ordered Shell to slash its emissions. Its emissions. A Belgian court recognized 58,000 citizens as having standing in a class action climate suit. This too could be the wave of the future, you guys. Even in America's Trump-filled courts, Trump-era public land leases to fossil fuel companies were shut down, as was offshore drilling in the deepest red Alaska. Again, pour one out for oil. It's done. Drugs continue to win the war. As New York and New Mexico became the latest states to legalize recreational cannabis, Oregon pointed the way further forward when its mandate to decriminalize possession of all drugs went into effect. Baltimore stopped arresting people for low-level drug crimes. This new mood is 
spreading internationally. Notoriously, tough Malaysia has stopped sending drug offenders to jail and started sending them to rehab. Meanwhile, the largest ever study of psilocybin—I can't say that word—psilocybin mushrooms confirmed their impressive record on fighting major depression. And while the U.S. government still can't get its act together on decriminalizing cannabis, polls showed that two-thirds of the nation is in favor of legalized weed. This next topic, so many of you wanted me to talk about this, but because this is not a political podcast, I held out. While safe abortion access decreased in Texas, actually it was outlawed, right? It's illegal. It increased elsewhere. The U.S. Supreme Court may be hostage to its extreme anti-abortion wing, which has decided a law in Texas that empowers private citizens to sue abortion providers has no legal problems at all that they can see. But in the rest of the world, more countries are moving in the other direction. In 2021, abortion was legalized in South Korea, Thailand, and Argentina, while safe access increased in New Zealand, Ecuador, and Uruguay. The biggest victory came in September when Mexico's Supreme Court decriminalized it, raising the possibility that Texans who need a safe abortion may soon be going south of the border. What a fucking year, right? It's been ups and downs, and we lost so many people. Some of you lost family members. Some of you blocked other people that no longer belong in your life out. I hope I've taught you how to love and respect yourself this year. And in 2022, I will do my best to keep you entertained as I start possibly dating again. I don't know how that's going to go since I deleted my Bumble and all I do is stay home, but it'll happen somehow. I hope. Merch is still available and I'll have the links down in the description below along with promo codes so that you don't have to pay full price. I have the Embrace Your Hoodie and oh my god, I love that thing. I even wear it to sleep, honestly. All right, y'all, that's it for me. Come back next week. I'm teetering off two different topics right now, so we'll just have to find out which one it is. Till then, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Embrace your weird and remember that it's a new year. Every day is a good day to be better than who you were yesterday. Okay? Bye.